Rejoice, O Jerusalem, and come together all you that love her. Rejoice with joy, you that have been in sorrow, that you may exult and be filled from the breasts of your consolation. I rejoiced at the things that were said to me, We shall go into the house of the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, as now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Rejoice, O Jerusalem, and come together, all you that love her. Rejoice with joy, you that have been in sorrow, that you may exult and be filled from the breasts of your consolation. Hello and welcome to the Anglo-Catholic Podcast for the 26th day of March 2006. I am your reader, John J. O'Sullivan. Today is the fourth Sunday in Lent, which is commonly known as Laetate Sunday, in which the churches of the West um, mark the midway point of Lent. In particular, liturgically, you'll notice that the priests, deacons, and subdeacons of the Mass are wearing rose vestments. They are not pink, because men do not wear pink. We wear rose. Somehow this makes us manly, um, but any man can wear pink. You see, um, I don't know, a boxer wearing rose, because you don't wear pink, and you don't mock him or else he'll pound you in the head, and in my opinion, rightly so. Before this continues to be um, something ridiculous, let's just get on with today's podcast. We've got plenty of reading ahead of us. Alright, so let's begin. From the book of Exodus, starting the third chapter, verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the wilderness and came to the mountain of God, even to Oreb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, for the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him unto out of the midst of the bush, and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place whereupon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites, the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee, that I have sent thee. 
When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name for ever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Here endeth the lesson. From a sermon by St. Basil the Great. We know that Moses went up with fasting into the mount, for he would not have dared to go unto its burning and smoking top, nor to have entered the thick cloud, except he had been made strong by a fast. And it was during this fast that he received the commandments written with the finger of God on the tablets of stone. Thus was fasting the means of the giving of the law on the mountain top. But below, at its foot, gluttony was the means of leading the people into the worship of idols, and so of polluting them. It is written, The people sat down to eat and to drink, and rose up to play. One drunken bout of the people made void, and of none effect, all the toil and patience of the forty days, during the which the servant of God had fasted and prayed unceasingly. Those tablets of stone, written with the finger of God, were received through fasting, and were broken through drunkenness. For the holy prophet thought it not meet that a people filled with wine should receive the law from God. In one moment of time that people, who had by means of, a great, of great wonders been taught to worship God, fall headlong through gluttony into the cesspool of Egyptian idolatry, the which things, if thou wilt consider, thou shalt see that fasting leads to God, and feasting to the loss of salvation. What was it that degraded Esau, and made him a slave to his brother? Was it not but a dish of pottage, a toothsome morsel of food stewed in a pot, for which he sold his birthright? And Samuel, was he not granted to his mother's prayers through fasting? And Samson the mighty, what was it that made him invincible? Was it not fasting wherewith he was conceived in his mother's womb? Fasting conceived him, fasting nurtured him, fasting made him the man that he was, even as the angel of the Lord had commanded his mother, saying, She may not eat of anything that cometh of the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink. Fasting begat prophets. Fasting is the strength and mainstay of mighty men. Fasting giveth wisdom to rulers. It is the trustiest keeper of the soul, the sure ally of the body, the strength and armor of brave men, the training of athletes and wrestlers. It is fasting which maketh us strong against temptation, which prepareth us for the service of God, which dwelleth with sobriety, and is the author of temperance. Fasting maketh man valiant in war and gentle in peace. Fasting maketh a Nazarite to be holy, and a priest to come to perfection. 
Without fasting, it is unlawful to touch the sacrifice, not only in that mystical and true worship of God, which now is, but also according to the law, in those sacrifices which of all time were offered as figures of the true. Fasting opened the eyes of Elias to look upon a great vision, for when he had cleansed his soul by forty days of fasting, there on Orb, the mountain of God, he was made able, so far as man may be made able, to see God. Moses, receiving the law a second time, a second time prepared himself by fasting. Except the Ninevites had fasted both man and beast, herd and flock, they had not escaped from the ruin that hung over them. In the wilderness fell some, and who were they? Yea, they were such as lusted after flesh meats. Here ends the lesson. A reading from the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. At that time Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased, and so on, and that which followeth. A homily by St. Augustine the Bishop. The miracles wrought by our Lord Jesus Christ were verily divine works, and they stir up the mind of man to rise by perception of what is seen by the eye unto an apprehension of God himself. For God is of such substance as I cannot see, and the many miracles which he doth work in his continual rule of the whole universe, and his providential care of everything which he hath made, are by use become so common that scarce anyone permitteth himself to perceive the same. As for example, what wondrous and amazing works of God there be in every grain of seed. Wherefore his mercy hath constrained him to keep some works to be done only at some convenient time, as it were, out of the common course and order of nature, to the intent that men may see them and wonder, not because they be greater, but because they be rarer than those which they so lightly esteem by reason of their daily occurrence. For to govern the whole universe is surely a greater miracle than to satisfy five thousand men with five loaves of bread. At the former works no man doth marvel, yet at the feeding of the five thousand all men do marvel, not because it is a greater miracle than the other, but because it is a rarer one. For who is he that hath, that now feedeth the whole world? Is it not the same who, from a little grain that is sown, maketh the fullness of the harvest? God worketh in both cases in one and the same manner. He that of the sowing maketh to come the harvest is the same that took in his hands the five barley loaves, and of them made bread to feed five thousand men. For the hands of Christ have power to do both the one and the other. He that multiplieth the grains of corn is the same that multiplied the loaves, save only that in this latter case he committed them not unto the earth whereof he is himself the maker. Therefore, this miracle is done outwardly before us, that our souls inwardly may thereby be quickened. The same is shewn to our eyes to furnish food for thought. Thus, by means of those of his works which are seen, we may come to feel awe toward him that cannot be seen. Perchance we may thereby be roused up to believe, and if we attain unto belief, we shall be purified to such good purpose that we shall begin to long to see him. 
Wherefore, in such wise, through the things which are seen, we may come to know him that cannot be seen. Yet it sufficeth not if we perceive only this one meaning in Christ's miracles. Rather, let us ask of the miracles themselves what they have to tell us concerning Christ. For in all truth they speak with a tongue of their own, if only we have good will to understand the same. For Christ is the word of God, and each and every work of the word speaketh a word unto us. Here endeth the lesson. Oh, in addition to today being the fourth Sunday in Lent, today is the commemoration of the penitent thief. So let's just get to that. From a sermon by St. John Chrysostom. This thief purchased salvation from the cross and made the kingdom of heaven his booty. He did violence to the divine majesty, like the wrestler Jacob, and prevailed not by his own power, but by faith. For the Lord himself hath said that the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent man taketh it by force. The two crucified thieves may be taken as images of Jewry and heathendom, and then the thief who repented becometh an image of the ingathering from heathendom, all which same had at first walked in darkness, but afterwards are come unto the knowledge of the truth. The thief who repented not becometh thus an image of Jewry that is still unbelieving. They trod together the path of sin until they came to the cross, but the cross parted them asunder. They were parted asunder on this wise. He that did not believe entered upon the path of darkness and destruction, and he that believed gained the path of salvation. The thief upon the cross learnt the dividing of the ways, for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Behold the just judgment of God, that thou mayest say with the prophet, Righteous art thou, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. For one sin was Adam condemned, and at the one cry of faith was the thief saved. One sin cast Adam out of paradise, one holy act brought in the thief to dwell therein. Behold a marvel! Unto, even unto Abraham was made no promise of paradise, because he believed God, he hath indeed inherited it. But it was never promised unto any, until it was promised unto the good thief. He did not see the Savior seated on the kingly throne. He did not see him worshipped in a temple, speaking from heaven, or directing the ministry of angels. Rather, he saw him as one numbered with the transgressors. He saw him suffering, and addressed him as though he were in glory. He saw him on the cross, and besought him as though he were enthroned in the heavens. He saw him condemned, and called upon him as his king, saying, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Yea, he seeth Christ crucified, and proclaimed himself subject to his royal majesty. He beheld him hanging upon the tree, and thought on the kingdom of heaven. Wondrous is the conversion of the penitent thief. Here endeth the lesson. Let us pray. Grant we beseech the Almighty God that we who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished by the comfort of thy grace may mercifully be relieved. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee, 
in the unity of the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and merciful God, who has prepared a way of salvation for the wicked, graciously shew us thy love in the face of thine only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, whereby he drew unto himself the blessed thief on the cross, that we likewise may be moved to true repentance and attain the promise to, promise to be in paradise with him, even the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. With that prayer, this ends today's edition of the Anglo-Catholic Podcast. As always, I'm your reader, John J. O'Sullivan, praying that the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, bless us and keep us now and forever and unto ages of ages. Amen. The Anglo-Catholic Podcast is sponsored by the Church of St. Anthony of Padua in Hackensack, New Jersey. Whether you live, work, or are visiting the greater North Jersey, New York metro area, come and worship with us. On Sundays, a low Mass in Spanish is at 8 a.m. and a high Mass in English at 10 a.m. For directions, service times, or for more information, call Father Brian Laffler at 201-489-4728 or check out our website at www.stanthonyhackensack and Hackensack is spelled H-A-C-K-E-N-S-A-C-K dot org. The Church of St. Anthony of Padua is affiliated with Ford and Faith North America and the American Anglican Council.